Hey guys, what's up? It's Mike and Ron with the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast. This is episode three. And as you can see, we have a special guest. This is D-Train, a.k.a. Don Abern- Abernathy. Sorry, I almost said that wrong. Um, it doesn't matter because gonna... it's misspelled on Zoom. So I can't even <laughs> spell my own name. How can I yell at other people for, for getting it wrong? I, every time I start a new Zoom meeting, I have to manually change it. It's dumb, but go ahead. I got gotcha. um, <laughs> Tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about some different kinds of baits that you can throw. Uh, I know, D-Train, you've got a couple of things that you might show, uh, do a little show and tell with here. Boy, um, do I. <laughs> oh. uh, so why don't we go ahead and, and get right into it. Ron, why don't we start with you and, uh, and see what you brought to the table tonight. First of all, how are you? Because I know I haven't really talked to you too much in the last week. Uh, yeah, well, we've been... Yeah, last week has been a little busy. Uh, work's been busy, but we've been doing pretty good. You know, uh, got to go out fishing. Rare chance for me. I've been able to do some. Uh, yeah, I've been five times in the last like three weeks. So that's kind of like my whole year last year. <laughs> I gotcha. I so. gotcha. All right. Uh, nice. D train, I know you've been getting out a lot lately. Um, Pretty much any day that it doesn't rain between 539. Um, yeah. I have a good placement of a house. I have three fishable, decent sized lakes, not counting probably 30 miles of canal systems within a half mile of my house. Mm-hmm. And so if it's not raining, Carrie and I can load up the kayak and be in a body of water in 10 minutes. Um, so it, it just makes it super easy. If it is raining or has rained, or it looks like it may rain, then we can literally be on a seawall in eight minutes and, and fishing. So, yeah. Um, as long as it, long as it's not a threat of a lightning strike, uh, we go fishing pretty much every day. Very good, very good. Um, yeah, and I've been to a couple of those spots that you've been to, um, and uh, I know they hold some pretty large fish. So, uh, especially. Let me ask in, you this. Yeah. I've been honest on my YouTube channel, and for those of you who haven't gone there, just go to YouTube.com, look for Digital 410. I have a fishing series called Poles and Paddle, but Carrie and I have been honest. We are new to this. I've been fishing maybe six months now. We are by no means professionals, um, or even amateurs for that matter. Is there any any realism or any um, truth to the concept of an area being fished out, quote-unquote? There's That's when you hear pressured Yep. pressured waters like that's what they're really kind of referring to it's like you know <clears throat> you know path of least resistance people do the same thing they're going to go to that one spot that's easy to get to and and the most people that you know are they're going to go to that one spot that's easy to get to try to avoid those areas go to somewhere that's away from someone's normal casting zone because yeah, i won't sure. go to a place and catch three or four or five fish the very next day catch nothing and the human in me want to say, oh, well, they have PTSD from being yanked out of the water. But then I realize, oh, fish have no memory. So they don't remember what happened to them yesterday. So it's just weird to me that they'll all bite one day and the very next day with similar weather conditions and you'll get your teeth kicked in. So I just it's weird. It's one of those things I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in these particular areas. I mean, we're there are so many places that are overfished, but there in my opinion there's a lot of places that are underfished and those are the places that are always really hard to get to or illegal to get to <laughs> um, yeah i mean i don't know how many times those I've are driven the adventures down, yeah i don't know how many times i've driven down 75 and seen those retention ponds in the mid in the median on 75 and you're like oh i bet there's some monsters in there that you can just yank out of there and get a pb so oh, just pretend you have a flat tire oh, yeah geez. Yeah, yeah, there's actually a dude. For, Go ahead. Waiting for AAA, man. That's yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah. pulls you over. Just wait for AAA. Killing time. Killing time. Yeah, but, yeah. Or but that I nice, happen to have it on me. Or that yeah. nice two-acre pond in front of, like, the five-story business suite on College Parkway. Like, yeah. Hmm, can I park in their parking lot and fish? <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's a couple of spots. I know there's this one dude. He's on in, Instagram. Um. I can't remember his his name specifically, but he actually does some illegal fishing, and uh, there's a couple times he got, actually got caught by the sheriff's department, and uh, I mean he's pulled some six seven pounders out of these ponds that you're not supposed to fish in. I mean they're massive, so definitely some underfished areas out there. But for the most part, I mean the places that we go, 
and you know especially you know over by you d-train the places are just so overfished and and they're worn out is really what it what it boils down to so um but getting into kind of what we were discussing a little bit was uh uh you know some different types of baits and 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 things to throw out there uh ron what did you bring out uh tonight well dude i've watched a lot of videos i'm always doing research and i hear like oh this is the fall transition not for us it's still freaking summer <laughs> hey the water temperature was down to 85 yesterday that's cold for here <laughs> yeah it's dropping but it's dropping slowly i mean really slowly i think like the last the last three weeks that i went out i was casting like my top waters early morning stuff and i mean i would get a couple of strikes nothing big i was doing that fall transition movement but then i still found myself catching them on bottom fishing slow dragging you know more summer condition if anything trying to find that middle channel um which i did with a jig once with you mike yep. uh yep. but but i have a zoom worm that I've just fell in love with. I, I've been I've been nailing everything, multi, multiple species off of it. Uh, tilapia, Mayan, bass. I've been nailing them all with this, and it's like the only one that Zoom has, and it's really trippy. I, it's green pumpkin blue flash, dude. And I've been falling in love with it. it's chameleon colors. Once it goes in the water, it changes its colors, dude. And it's like I said, it has like a green pumpkin look with like a blue chameleon shine to it. it it's been really like for right now i've been dragging on the bottom on a round jig head um i've done weight uh weighted hook uh ewg hook and just been popping it off the bottom slow dragging everything and on a medium a medium light which is down your avenue finesse fishing mike yeah <laughs> but uh yeah power fisher went finesse and that's what i've been nailing some bass on uh but yeah it's been fun it's been fun dude worm uh, flipping's fun man i love a good worm flipping session yep yep it's definitely that's right up my alley basically as you said is is i'll fish with nothing but worms all day long because it's been proven that it works i mean you can catch they may not be huge fish but you can go out there and catch fish so yeah you were uh talking about a different hook the last time uh, well when we were featured on one of yours d yeah, spear point mm -hmm. uh these i don't know here let me see if i, I have them all on uh safety pins it's kind of easy to grab out and then not have to mess up but are those those what they call the net heads or whatever no it's a round jig head ewg hook oh nice and it it really does keep them in an upright position. It's perfect for those grass slash um, grass slash rocky edges. And I've been that's what I've been usually using it with is right on the shorelines. Yeah, that's that's that thing. I I think you told me about that. What was it? Uh, actually, when we went fishing out at your pond, you were I think you were telling me about that. I, didn't I try one of those? I think I gave you a few of them actually I think, too. Yeah, I, I think bought, you gave me two or three. And I've been looking for a jig, a round jig head, uh, for my smaller uh, swim baits, mm -hmm. uh, for for swishing, uh, fishing middle column and everything like that. Um, it, it's just a small profile. Right now, a lot of bait fish like Mayans are betting right now. Uh, bluegill and shad are, I think, are like already in their spawn. Um, so there's a lot of. Uh, bait fish spawning right now so dropping down to that smaller bait uh swim bait the 3.75s the three inch even like the like a 2.75 those little small uh, swim baits and but you got to get them on a jig head to get them down a middle column and then that's really good right now and so i, I found these and i was like i, I bought four packs <laughs> right off the bat because i cannot find them do you ever get in that position where like you've been looking for something like your zoom worms and you finally found them and they got like five packs you're like okay i won't be a complete dick i'll buy four and leave one yeah. for somebody else do you feel guilty clearing out the entire inventory because you yourself have been looking for those worms for like three weeks and they finally restocked like i'll just take four 
no, no, there's no shame in my game. I, I went in there and cleared the shelf. shelf. Yeah, I say, <laughs> I say, fuck it. I'm buying all of them. They're probably not mine. <laughs> well, you, I gotta think about it. There's some like how many assholes before me did that, right? And then it's like, well, I have been searching for honestly about a month for these jig heads, and I finally these are better, and I finally found them. I'm like. Well, there's only four packs. Well, fuck them. I'm taking all of them. I don't know when I'm going to find them again. <laughs> and sometimes you've got to be cutthroat like that. Like, I, uh, you know, I, if you paid more attention to your messenger, by the way, I would message you more about, uh, like, deals I find. I told Mike, like, they're doing a five for five at Dick's Sporting Goods. And there's some Z-Man. There's missile baits up there. They're doing, they're doing some really good deals up there. I have to swing over there. I don't ever go to Dick's just because it's in Fort Myers and I'm out in Lonely Cape. So, like, in Cape, I'm relegated to Wally World or um, every once in a blue moon, I'll make that that trip out to Bass Pro. But usually most of our stuff, but I'm so stocked up right now, especially with the Mystery Tackle Box, that I haven't actually had to, well, that and the one of the packs of worms that I'm presenting, I did that. I bought, like, four of the five packs I had on the wall. So I'm, <laughs> I'm stocked up on those, but I'll wait my turn. These are the chat. You've heard of chatterbaits, right? And so these, and they're big pro series. Use these like crazy. These are the jackhammers. This is the stealth jackhammer. It has a uh, polymer plastic blade instead of a steel blade. These run fifteen dollars per. They had like so many different colors of these up on there on the buy five get five. Guess what? I bought five and got five. <laughs> like, and like, they only had nine on the shelf, so we asked for a rain check. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to. Sometimes you see those deals, you just got to hit them when you get them. Yeah, I hear that. Anytime that I go in there and I can get a deal on when it comes to fishing, there's nothing better than a deal. And that's, I mean, with that mystery tackle box, I mean, you got to hand it to those guys. They really have something there and just like like who is it uh monster bass they've got something mm -hmm. going on with their thing i like monster bass sometimes i, I mean, like them a lot i actually the, subscribe to them once yeah the the subscription boxes are with anything in general whether you're doing survival stuff or you know things like that it's just really nice in general to have something come to your door every month like a christmas present and you end up with this you know multi-pack of different things that you can learn how to use if you don't know how to use them and, and furthermore how to not, utilize them and furthermore if you're not like ron who researches fishing bait every day uh, you'll, <laughs> you'll get stuff you've never even seen or heard of before mm -hmm. and so that's the other cool thing about it ron's like well, i know speaking. everything I, I'm, I'm i'm researching this crap every day but for the, <laughs> the normal person it's like oh what's this I, I'm just really highly addicted, and and you know when I get a break or a time to sit down and look at my phone, that's usually what I'm looking at, and which is I guess considered obsessive. But I have, <laughs> I have been pressuring Mike when we find a better distributor, and things start becoming a little better for us uh, on that end, that we will do a subscription box, and I will plan it to the month. Uh, sort of like how Mr. Tackle Box and Monster Bass do too. I, I, but I, I have I'm gonna have my own tweaks to it, and I'll I'll do that later. But to the month, to the gen, uh, the to the region. So yeah, uh -huh. definitely the region because I I think and not to give too much away, you know, we don't know too much about you know I know a little bit about northern fishing. You know, we all may know a little bit here and there, but the majority of what we know is down here. And we were talking about this the other day. Fishing down here is completely different from fishing, you know, oh, yeah. up, oh. up in the northern part of the south or out in Texas or, you know, out west or whatever. So, you know, our 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 fishery is just so different. And, you know, like you were saying, you know, we really only have two seasons, hot and then not so hot, you know, and, and the fish are <laughs> there. The fish down here, they're used to it. They don't have four seasons down here, and they don't go through that cycle like they normally would. So. Kind of like our insects. They just don't go away. Exactly. I yeah. feel bad for people up north because in the last six months, I've caught more fish in the last six months than I did in the 15 years I lived in Ohio growing up because we had a pontoon boat. My dad would take us out, and we never caught a goddamn thing. Yeah. But in the last six months, I've caught, so many, I've caught more fish in the last six months than I have in my other 42 years on this planet. It's so weird. 
Ron, um, you um, you got anything else as far as uh, baits or anything like that you wanted to show us? I can go all day, bro. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you keep going, because <laughs> I know you can go all day, let's swing it over. Bag, a box. <laughs> let's, let's swing it over to D-Train and let him kind of do some presenting here for a second. Real Not quick, Ron, I, I wanted to add on something that you said, because um, Carrie and I listen to your all's podcast when we're on our way to, to the fishing hole, and I was laughing because on last week's episode you're talking about you know hey if you're getting into it don't worry about going out and dropping a bunch of money on a tackle bag just use your kid's book bag and carrie and i have a, a nice tackle bag which we use on the kayak but like the week before you did that episode we were doing a lot of seawall fishing because of the rain and a lot of times seawall fishing as you guys are saying you want to go you know well we just refer to anything as seawall fishing but anytime you're doing bank fishing there's a lot of walking involved i find these bags are very cumbersome they got the shoulder strap. They bounce off your hip. Oh, and yeah. So I actually, when I do seawall fishing, I throw all my worms in a book bag. And actually, the book bag goes over. It's, it's just easier. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a nice tackle bag, you may find that it's easier and less cumbersome. And also, when I quote-unquote seawall fish, I cut my tackle in half. I don't. I rarely use crankbaits because the water's too shallow right now. You're just going to weed them out. So I'm primarily using worms in top water. So I don't need four trays of tackle i just throw a handful of worms in my book bag a couple of gatorades maybe a top water or two and bob's your uncle so don't sleep on a book bag book bags actually work oh, great no. yeah and i'm actually <laughs> seeing more of the tackle companies making quote unquote tackle book bags so mm-hmm. definitely don't sleep on that um just to write off your coattails the worm that i was talking about same brand zoom zoom is on to something um right before the middle of the summer carrie and i were hitting bass um she if you go on our youtube video we we're pulling bass out left and right and we we're catching them on these zoom worms and then they dried up um we couldn't find anymore and i bought other brands i bought yum same color didn't have the same result and and so like i was driving to multiple walmarts around town for like weeks and they finally re-upped but these are the zoom um zoom uh, watermelon red and these have like the um night crawler style ribs, oh, yeah. ribs ribs on it and it has the nice whip tail or they call it a speed tail and these work also great as trailers on top on uh, top water baits and for you guys listening to the audio i suggest you watch the video version of this so you can see what we're talking about mm-hmm. but oh, this sure. right now is my go-to bait and so for you guys listening to the audio version it's basically the color of a bass and they love this thing yeah um this is probably what Carrie and I fish with 60% of the time. And then the other side of the time, which goes great with your guys last week's uh, podcast, talking about you don't have to drop a ton of money on baits. Um, the other thing we catch a lot of worms of fish off here, and this is the bait that Carrie caught her six pound bass off of, which is the Ozark Trail, Walmart brand. These are the kicker curl June bugs. And they're just purple. They got a twisty curly tail. This pack is like $1.39 at Walmart. And this is literally the worm that she caught that six pound bass off of that you guys talked about on episode one. So those are go-to worms, but- um, Not a bad at all. That's cheap. <laughs> real quick, um, last month's mystery tackle box, I got these Guggen bait. They call them Hummer baits, but they're basically buzz bait. I have caught two bass off of them. Only complaint is they don't fit well <laughs> in your, your, your storage bins. Um, I did lose one of these, so I bought a replacement. And then this is the one I was complaining to Michael about that I was casting in my 30 pound test. Braided line got a, a bird's nest and it snapped off and went flying off my kayak. But luckily, eight lines of braid went with it. I'm sorry, eight feet of braid. And so when I paddled over by the seawall, the, the braid was floating. So I was able to get my $12 bait back. But before I talk about this next bait, let me ask you guys a question because you guys focus heavily on the new. Uh, the new um, fisherman. What do you guys consider a cheap bait versus an expensive bait? What's the spectrum? What's the low end, high end when it comes to a lure? Because it, it it has to do with this next bait I want to share with you guys. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I, I got long winded every every time I talk. <laughs> Face model. I mean, it's, it, would you consider a ten dollar lure expensive? That middle range. Um, as far as for beginner people or, you know people that are that are you know amateur fishermen i i would say that you know 
if you're going out and you're spending five to eight dollars on a bait, you know, that's that's pretty pricey for a new, you know, kind of amateur and experienced fisherman. You may um, suggest that they get um, proficient at tying knots before they start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A lot of, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Making sure that they don't lose the damn thing before they, you know, and then they just wasted their money. You know, I don't Catch I don't ex- on the right pole. I don't recommend that amateurs go out and buy a $15, $20 bait and just start chucking it into the water, you know, because they're going to lose money very quickly. <laughs> and the so. other question to preface it's this bait, Mike, you know what I'm talking about because I called you to complain about this yesterday, but Ron doesn't know. <laughs> do, you, do you, other than worms, and when it comes to lures and soft baits, do you think there's something called a disposable bait or Obviously, all baits are disposable if you get them stuck on trees and rocks, but let's take that out of the equation. Uh, when it comes to buying a lure or a bait other than worms, because worms are disposable after five uses, you just throw them in the trash because mm-hmm. they don't hold a hook. But when it comes to like soft baits and lures, would you consider something like acceptably almost a disposable bait? Uh, if I'm spending more than... Okay, you think about it this way. Most of these hard baits that I, and I see a little bit of a glimpse of what you're holding in your hand, you, you'll see a lot of these packs of these like three of like uh, shiners with a built-in jig and a head on them. Yes, they will catch fish. I don't buy them. I just don't. Um, I mean, you spend more money for three baits than what you would with a, a plastic bait and making the same bait using a hook and a, a bait you know and it's cheaper in the long run as long as you're not losing the hook um so i don't and that's just my personal preference i will build the bait because i'm used to saltwater i mean i have i have roots of saltwater fishing so i'm building rigs all the time so that's that's not it's not a problem for me to just throw on a worm a worm or a swim bait a trailer a jig or something like that so there's there's no big problem building a rig well, I'm building evidence so that I don't feel so bad that on my last video, I gave this lure a C on my half-ass review, but I'm still using it because I really want to get it to a B-. minus. Um, luckily, I didn't pay retail for this. This came in this month's mystery tackle box. You get this box. It looks like a deck of cards, and this is the 10,000 fish head hunter. And the box is great. Once again, it looks like a deck of cards. And it's a soft bait. I want to get close to the screen here. Um, it looks like a baby bass. Check it out here. Hmm. Um we call it an angry bird for those who listen to the audio version think of a small bluegill now think of it as if you're putting a new character on angry birds you would give it sharp angles you give it a pissed off looking face and that's what this thing looks like it looks like an angry little upset bluegill right you guys see it pretty good mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's <clears throat> it does fish quite well and when it comes to the surface it kind of shows its red belly the tail flickers and and it's advantage here is it actually has a magnetically articulating hook that allegedly when the fish get a bite the hook actually swings up and you're supposed to get a better um hookup on it right see how the hook swings up and then back down it's magnetic and they claim it's it's weedless it's not um i have videos of us pulling a six foot log out of the water with this thing it's getting caught on um on lily pads but the thing is i gave it a c because the fish love this damn thing um you take it out and you get hit after hit there's bite marks all over this thing but the unless i need to research and and i fished this thing for five days now and i still don't have the the bite set figured out um i've caught two fish with this and i've lost three Carrie has had this thing in the mouth of six bass and hasn't landed any of them. I was actually out on the kayak yesterday with Michael. And as soon as I got the phone, I got a bass on this. And as soon as I got out of the water, it just opened its mouth. It came out and went away because the hook wasn't in its mouth. This thing retails for $10.99, not counting shipping. Now, the reason I asked you about disposable baits, and I've been showing you this side intentionally, I'm going to flip it over and look at the paint. Yeah. This thing looks like one of those um, zombie fish, you, zombie salmon you see up in Alaska after they've been spawned out. Um, but yeah, all this damage is from either the fish t- teeth, and basically they make this out of a white soft plastic, and then they paint it. Well, the paint's literally peeling off like skin on a sunburn. And so at some point, 
this thing is going to be disintegrated, which is why I asked, would you consider a $10 bait a disposable bait? I mean, you would think a $10 bait would last longer than four days, right? Yeah. You, if, if I'm going to spend $10 on a bait like that, I have to know it's going to work. I have to know how to use it. And it's going to be in a, in a tournament situation where I know it's just going to land the fish. And that's when it's done, it's done. Um, but that's when it counts. You know what I mean? Uh, for a day-to-day -day fishing, all right, for, for instance, you're talking about the setup on that hook. The first thing that I saw on that is that, that articulating hook, um, that's going to swing. You could have tension on a fish at one moment, and if you don't know how to like hold it and keep it tight, the, it's going to swing and move around. There's going to be a point where you're adding a a point that it can get slack in it and they can wiggle it out you know i i that's my i saw that and that's what my first thought on it unless so as long as you're not keep if you're not used to keeping a tight line on it they're going to wiggle it out uh, another thing you can't make any adjustments to it you pulled up a 10 foot log <clears throat> well six foot branch but yes or, yeah, right. but joking but uh you you can change a rig depending on your atmosphere if you build it so mm -hmm. if you know they, that's why they make weedless rigs and non-weedless rigs you know you have ewg hooks and straight shank hooks you know so you can build it to your what what you're fishing in your waters so I, I, that's why i don't really buy them because of the money you're going to put into that in the long run and having to replace that bait now because the paint's wearing off i could already buy a like, marker to it <laughs> yeah I could already buy so many rigs, you know, and, and different styles, you know, and that's, that's set in its ways. It's going to be that thing for its lifespan, you know? Well, and see, from my point of view, you know, I'm, I'm a cheap ass when it comes to buying Me fish too. and stuff and, and buying baits and stuff like that. I'm a cheap ass. And if I was in your shoes and I'm looking at this thing and I'm going, wow, you know, this, this is a $10 bait, the paint's coming off of it. You know, the hook set is, it seems like it's just horrible. You know, the fish keep coming off. You know, I'm not wasting any more of my money or my time on that anymore. Well, the reason I keep wasting my time on it is because the fish love the damn thing. Yeah. Every time you put it in, they're hitting on it. This thing's got teeth marks all over it. And then I went on YouTube, and there's people pulling a big bass with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, okay, maybe before I give this thing a C, maybe I need to be honest with my own fishing skills. Once again, I've only been doing this for six months. But... As I was telling Michael yesterday, on the same video where Carrie got that thing in the mouth of five fish and lost them, she then turned around and pulled an eight bass on a worm. So it's not exactly. Uh, real quick, just because you mentioned it, Ron, here is the spearhead. Um, yeah, I saw that. You still having troubles uh, dehooking? No. Um, you get used to that. We've only had one swallow. We've probably caught 15 bass on this, and with the exception of one, every single hook set is through the upper lip or the side lip, the hook set on this thing. It's fantastic. Um, for those of you who want, listen to the audio version, like, well, what's the difference? No, this hook has a weird patented shape to it. Um, it, it works great for resetting. Um, it works great for Texas rig. And when you do it, um, the, the secret of Texas rig, as you guys know, but for your listeners who are new to this, you want that worms back to be straight across. You don't want to mm -hmm. hunt back in it, anything like that. And this thing sets so easily. And so quickly and now obviously i'm talking but for the most part look how straight that worm's back is and then the hook itself because of the shape almost acts as a guide to keep it from you know getting snagged up on the bottom and we just stand by these hooks so much and real quick before i pass it on to mike to talk about some of his baits because i could go on all day too and back to the ten dollar bait um those guggen squad topwaters are 12 so do you want to spend ten dollars on a soft bait that the fish like but have a bad hookup and the paint falls off over do you want to spend an extra two dollars and get a buzz bait that lasts in purpose yeah yeah you've got a point there i mean <laughs> you know kind of going back to it I, like i said i'm a cheap ass and and you know i'm not i don't i don't typically spend 10 to 15 dollars on baits you know i i'm strictly finesse what the heck is that yeah that's your um your time limit i think ah. how much time we got left We've removed a gift from Zoom. We've removed. Well, there you go. This is your first one, so we don't have to kill out. Um, right. There we go. <laughs> hey, um, you guys are part of a gift from Zoom. <laughs> and going back to last week's episode, you guys are talking about when people transitioning or getting started, you don't have to drop a t a, an ass ton of money exactly. on equipment. 
Uh, obviously, this is a Guggen bait, a Guggen rod. This was a birthday present for Carrie, so this is not what I want to talk about. But this bait caster, don't sleep on Cast King. Um, all my bait casters are Cast King. I have two of these. This is the Valiant Eagle. Um, cool thing about this is um, the actual side door flips up, and so you can take the actual spindle out if you need to. Mm -hmm. um, it has your front brake, rear brake. This thing you can get on Amazon all day long for 37 to 39 bucks. And, and um, that is a great one. And one of the things I've been trying to do to get people to subscribe to my YouTube channel is we're going to do bait caster giveaways. Uh, one when we get to 500 and one when we get to 1,000. I'm currently at 487. And the first one I'm going to give away, this is the, this is the Cast King Spartacus 2. This is a smaller bait caster. doesn't have that side hinge. But this one retails for like $31. So to get into a base caster world for 31 bucks, and this rod here, this is a Walmart special. This is a amps, uh, this is the amp salt water. Technically it's a spinning reel, but this, so I got a reel with a bait caster here that we use all the time. All together, um, 35 bucks for the rod, 35 bucks for the bait caster. So you're under 70 bucks to have a, a good rig that we use all the time and hadn't had any problems with it. And so yeah. you can definitely get into the bait casting world for less than a hundred bucks easily. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that that we can't stress enough to people is is you you really don't have to spend all that money you know look, you know watching your favorite fishermen. Okay, you can watch them all day long, and you know they're spending you know they've got sponsors and they're spending you know whatever money they make on their baits and their boat and you know all that stuff you know, we don't, we don't have that, you know, we're, we don't have it like that. You know, we're, we're not out here on a, you know, $80,000 bass boat and, you know, mm -hmm. a, a $60,000 truck and this, that, and the other, you know, that we're, that's, that's what we're trying to come across to people is, is exactly what you just showed right there. You know, I just have an angry bucks. wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the nice thing about kayak fishing. Like uh, Michael and I do, guess what? When you're kayak fish, you don't need gas money. No, you don't have no. enough gas money to get you to the water. You're not going to burn through seventy gallons. Here of soon. Yep. Uh, and uh, one last thing. Um, oh, I, I forget what I was going to say, but um, oh yeah, real quick. Here, one of the things that I didn't know that I I kind of fumbled across when I got Carrie her birthday present, which by the way, this is considered the low end Guggen, so this in itself is not an expensive bait. Is that um, a go to? Yeah, this is the go-to. This okay. is the $99 okay. one. This isn't the $178 one. This is the go-to. It's medium. It's technically, I think, a medium heavy, um, but it works great. This one's a medium light. I actually have two of these amp rods. I love these amp rods for Walmart special. They look great. I got a six and a half, and I got a seven-footer. Um, so I actually have two of those. And then for my birthday, Carrie got me a Abu Garcia reel that I use on my other one. But, um, oh, I – oh, yeah, um, one of the things people are like, what's the main difference between a spinning rod and a bait cast rod, which I didn't know either until I got this. And that is how small the diagram or the, the uh, aperture is on the eyes. The diameter. Yeah. The diameter. When you're bait casting your line, you know, it goes what, maybe a half inch back and forth. Whereas on a spinning bait, you got the circumference of the spinning. So that line makes that cone shape. And so on your spinning bait, on your spinning reels, your eyes are much bigger, at least the first one closest to the rod to compensate for that wide angle spin. At least that's what I'm assuming, just looking at the two. Yeah, they need that room yeah. to actually spin the line when it spins around. It needs that room, in it, and that's perfect for that eyelet. And since I didn't it. know that, I got three bait casters on spinning rods. I'm sure it would behoove me to have the smaller, but once again, it, it works good for what I'm doing. Maybe I thought... Maybe I, I thought I saw that in a couple of your videos where you had some mm -hmm. bait casters on a spinning rod. Yep, I do. And I was like, but then I thought, you know what? Just who gives a shit? You know, it's, it's all fine. It all comes down to finances. It, it, I didn't know when yeah. I bought them and mm -hmm. I have them. And so when I buy my next rod, I'll make sure that it's a bait caster rod. And I'm sure it may cause a little bit of um, backlash. It may cause, it may be some of the root of my bird's nest, but it's to me it's not worth buying three new rods to replace them so yeah. it's no if you're transitioning definitely use what you have i mean it'd be if worst case you get you have more backlashes and you actually get more better at fishing with a, a bait caster when you do get the new pole 
and it also sets you up for the ability to go back like oh i'm going to go fishing today that's more suitable for a spinning all i gotta do is take my bait caster off put my spinning reel on there and i don't have to have six rods you know i can just swap them out well and and speaking of ron you actually bought me a rod that you know when we had looked at it you had mentioned dude you could use this either way Mm-hmm. It's got it's it's long enough. I think it's what seven foot six or seven four, and yeah. it's got small enough eyelets at the tip, just like a baitcaster rod would or a, a a casting rod would, but it's got that larger eyelet down at the bottom for a spinning reel. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't so, have the trigger. Or, I mean, it, yeah, it, it does it, it. No, it doesn't have the no. trigger. If it had yeah. if it had the trigger, it would be for a baitcaster, but it doesn't. So I I think that's that's interesting to me that because, mm-hmm. you know, and and kind of going back to it, you know, it. When really you say trigger, you're talking about this guy right here on the back with yeah. where you yep. put your finger. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Usually yeah. I hold it with my middle fingers. So it's not really, but we call it the trigger. You know, it's it's that little grip. The other thing I like about the Guggen is their hook ring is not a ring. It's more um, along the lines of a pocket clip on a um, pen or a sharpie marker and so you don't have to unset your hook from your worm you literally just slide it under and that's one of my favorite things about the rods whereas all my cheaper rods they have rings and so i gotta un i gotta unhook my worm in order to put it on the the uh, ring to manage it at the end of the day that's the same thing that uh the the same exact rod i was just talking about that ron got me uh for my birthday it has that same exact hook on it where it's so much easier, and especially once you wear it in a little bit, it's so much easier to just slide your hook on it without you would never think, a worm. You would never think that something that simple and basic would be that life-changing. It's like, it, I'm so it, jealous. I wish I, my other three rods had those on there. It's, it's just, just so much easier. It, it makes your day so so much better. <laughs> there's, there's times that I want that for, like, my swim baits. I would love to have more poles with that. Um, but like with my punch baits, things like that, that I'm always going to be taking off. And I, I buy left-handed poles, even though I'm right-handed just so I can reel with my left, my left hand. Uh, but how I always hook it, if you hold up your pole on it is right there. You see that little V right above your, your, your line guide. Yeah. I, I always hook my bait right there so i always expose my hook and hook it right there so that way when i like let's say because I, I have multiple poles right uh you know it's kind of hard no to no, say, no no, no. he he doesn't have multiple poles I have like he 12. has the library yeah, no 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 you've got like 30 rods you have six <laughs> yeah well I, so I, I have a pole for everything. So I, a lot of times, a lot of my times are quick reaction. I'm grabbing something mm-hmm. and I'm going for that, 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 that something that I see. So I grab it. I unhook with my left hand and I'm ready to pitch or throw or cast or, you know, go off with it uh, right off of the left hand. So it's already, I always hook it the same way. So it's no longer crossing my line over my micro dots. Or anything like that you'll sometimes cast and realize your line's been wrapped around the front the front dot. Mm-hmm. it's always the same motion off as it is on so it's just a, it's a muscle memory now so i always hook i now i've gotten to the point where even if it's swim baits i've gotten so used to doing that motion that it, i don't even care for that guide anymore on the back of the poles <laughs> let me um before I, one more thing, because uh, you're talking about on my videos, you notice uh, you'll also notice that Carrie has all left-handed bait casters, and mine are all right-handed. Yeah. Just because I bought mine to begin with before we got hers, and um, when she fished with mine for the first time, her biggest complaint was she was used to spinning reel where you you crank with your left hand, and so to make mm-hmm. that transition easier for her, I got her all left-handed reels, uh, bait caster. I got to think, well, that makes more sense, and so I went to research why you know, the default quote unquote is right-handed because what, for those you never use a bait caster, if you're right-handed, you're casting with your right hand and then you throw it over to your left hand, like a gunslinger and you lock it in. And I guess one, they made them that way by default because most people's right arm are stronger. And so when you're fighting that big fish, you want to use your strong arm to reel it in, but more and more people's gotten ambidextrous. But I will say when Carrie was reeling in that six pound bass with a left hand, it did wear her down quicker than if she would have been using right-handed and using her strong arm to reel it in. But it does get a little cumbersome to do the little hand-to-hand back-and-forth throw when you're 
cast with your right hand, throwing it in your left hand so you can reel with your right hand. Well, I, I, I fortunately had the experience with that, and this is that was my mindset. And like you, you bought all left-handed for her because it is like a muscle memory thing. Your your right hand side of your body is, if you're right-handed, is more fluent, you know. And when I went overseas, um, we got to drive some trucks that were overseas, you know. So mm -hmm. the you're you're you're, you're shifting from with the, not with your right, but you're shifting with your left, which is it threw me off totally i can drive confusing. a stick shift <laughs> yeah I, it threw me off the clutch the gas and everything's the same but it threw me mm -hmm. off and my yeah, arm is just not used to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. well and the other thing too is because i'll switch to carriage rods too like when i'm i find that when i'm real left hand it's not as a smooth retrieve my whole my pole is kind of wiggling back and forth whereas on the right hand my pole stays stationary it's a nice because mm -hmm. I'm so used to doing it where well, I'm with my left hand, I kind of got a wobble because I just that, you know, I do everything right handed. So it's just a little, those little things just, it seems to affect everything. You'll well, get used to that. That's muscle memory. And mm -hmm. that's, that's funny too, because I'm left handed for like the majority of everything that I do. I golf right handed, but I reel with my right hand. Yeah. And I pull with my left. What so cool uh, worms are you using? Uh, Lately, well, in, in the last couple of times I actually went, I don't have any physical uh, stuff to show right now. Um, but because uh, a little bit later, I'm going to be talking about my trip tomorrow that we're going to be getting into. Um, but pretty much the standard stuff. I mean, I typically throw green pumpkin, um, green pumpkin or watermelon, uh, red flake or watermelon seed or something like that. Uh, usually a trick worm. That's my my go-to standard setup is, you know, whether it's weightless or whether it's weighted, whatever the case may be, is a Texas rig with some kind of a, a zoom trick worm or something like that. If it's not that, then it's a stick bait. And, you know, going further than that, if it's not that, then it's some kind of a white bait, typically like a, a fluke or something like that, usually weightless. Um those are my my typical go-to's uh, and, and my go-to colors I mean we were talking about matching the hatch a couple of times here and there um, I learned a long time ago from a good old boy up in North Carolina uh, when we were doing some tournament fishing up there you know throw what throw the color of the surroundings you know typically is going to be green and things like that here you can throw greens and browns um you know in other areas you can throw orange because of autumn and things like that fall um you know up in north carolina a lot a lot of, i mean a lot of green can be thrown up there it doesn't matter what it is and they'll eat it um so yeah that's usually what i'm throwing um nothing too special i don't have like i said earlier i'm a cheap ass so i don't have like really expensive 10 and 15 dollar baits that i like to throw I got my mystery tackle box a couple months ago that, uh, which I actually I need to get another one, because I don't have the subscription. I just buy it directly from the store. Yeah. I, I pick a number, bring it home, open it up, and whatever's in there, I'll give it a try. It's a true um, mystery. Yeah, exactly. It's it's I, it's kind of fun like that. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking over your podcast, but to me, it's like this is my chance to ask the experts because yeah. you guys have been doing this for so long. What do you guys think of fishing rod condoms? You guys use these at all? <laughs> hey, Ron. Your mic's muted. Te technical error. Did your old battery die? Yeah, his mic's dead. The reason I use them is because, well, one, I saw somebody on YouTube use them, but what mm -hmm. we were having problems with is when we were putting our six poles in the back of my truck with the kayak, by the time we got somewhere, the fishing line of one of them's wrapped around the eye of the other oh, one. Yeah. And so I put these on there, and so when I get to where I'm going and I'm unloading the kayak, the left, I don't have to untangle line for oh, the guys. There yep. you go. There you are. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, go it's it's definitely a good investment, um, depending on what you get. Uh, not only for that reason, like you just brought up, as far as like tangling and and keeping and, the hooks you know, and keeping all that stuff together, but it just keeps the rods nicer. You know, yeah. I mean, you get a really, especially if you're getting into expensive rods, you know, $200, $300 rods, 
you know, they have mm. a nice, good coating on them. Some of them have some really cool designs, you know, and you're spending that money not only for the performance, but it, it, let's be honest, it looks fucking awesome, too. And when and, you're throwing mm-hmm. the back of your truck, you won't knock an eye off either. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, so I think it's a good investment, um, you know, to, to put your rods, you know, whether you have even if you only have just a couple of rods with you, throw it on there, keep them nice and clean. You know, unfortunately, I don't have any, but my brand new rod already has a scratch on it, which I was pissed about. But uh, if I would have had it would have never happened so i got like six of them off amazon for like 14 bucks so they're super cheap cheap. cheap. they're super cheap you can get more expensive ones but there's no need again you buy cheap Uh, you know i got a tip for you guys um you know just the tip your hooks just the tip yes just the tip all right see how uh your eyelet where you tie your knot in is a lot lower on this hook uh it is a brass hook a, a brass coated hook which i don't like but uh uh, but it's anyways, it's higher than the, the set. So the setup on these styles are going to be a little bit more better versus the one that is straight with the eye uh, with your hook. Um, now, I was looking at the you, the spearhead hooks. That's the, mm-hmm. the setup might be great on it. Uh, with something to improve your landing on it to get in that fish is take your pliers and bend that tip of the hook out to the side because it, it. I do that with almost. Almost all the ones that I, I first tie on that are almost in line with my tie. In just line, to improve they're in my line, setup. They're in line with the shank, yes. Yeah, I, I do. I offset it just, just sort of like my uh, my saltwater hooks. They're okay. always off, offset. I, I do the same thing with my freshwater hooks uh, if they're in line with the shank. Well, and a lot of saltwater hooks actually come that way. They actually yeah. have where the the barb and the tip of the hook is offset a little bit from the shank. And, I mean, those guys, you know, when they're going out there for blue marlin or, you know, going out there for dolphin or mahi or whatever, you know, they're, they want to catch them. Because especially there's, the sport guys are out there catching those fish. The guys that are, that are making, you know, $60,000 off of one tuna. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah. they want they want good good gear and and they're they're out there doing that shit and it works. So, two but questions no, that, about that... hooks because you brought up hooks. Uh, well, one's a statement. The other thing you may want to do, which I learned through a YouTube video, because when I first started fishing, I wasn't doing this. When you're rigging up your Texas rig, take your worm's head all the way to past your knot in your line. Yeah. Don't stop at the the loop and the hook. I, I at least I do. I take the worm's head all the way so that the knots inside the head and that way your your um your weight your weight creates a point and you're getting less drag from that that knot and second of all question for you guys because once again i came on Ooh, ask the experts when we started fishing we ran into a problem how often should somebody change their hook if they're not breaking their line like let's say they consistently have good setup they got a good knot how long should they keep a hook on before they change it out? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> That's it's a tough question um, because you know depending on it depends on what you're using, you know what your pound test is, what type of line it is, things like that. So I mean, you know, if you're using braid and you're watching it and you're looking at it and it's you know starting to fray, okay, it's time to change it out. You know, if you're using monofilament and you're on like your sixtieth cast and and your your 50th catch or something like that it's probably time to to change it out because you're outstretching its limit um, not the line i'm sorry i meant the hook itself the hook yeah, i mean because you can change you can you can sharpen those i mean there's times where all right you know one of the things i think of is if you're catching fish it's soft tissue think of how easy a hook goes through your skin and your fingers all right but if you're snagging that hook on rocks mm-hmm. and you get hung up really good, check that tip out. If it's bent and you can't recover that tip, and even if you can, there there might the microscopic part of that tip is going to be bent. It will still puncture, but it's going to be less of a setup. Um, and don't overlook the barb, which is what I was getting to. On our earlier videos, you'll see we're carrying out, we're catching all these fish, but they kept coming off, and we realized from getting snagged on trees and all that that the barb itself like were short they're either getting bent down or broken off from getting snagged up on crap and so if you find that you're 
you're slipping fish, check your barb because if that barb's gone, your hook's not a hook anymore. It's just a, a, a sewing needle at that point. And that was what I was basing my question is, does the barb itself have a life on it if you're not snagging it up? I do about 10 fish. If I catch about, and this is pretty long. Uh, I mean, if I caught like a six pounder and plus, I would recon don't consider this being 10 fish. But if you're catching one pounders, two pounders, three pounders, about 10 fish, and I'll retie. But more often than not, I'm retying so often, switching to a different bait, switching to this stuff, because I'm always, uh, I, Mike, and I've said this on several often videos, uh, and uh, we'll keep saying this, Mike will be catching them left and right. And I'll be like, he's like, why don't you hook this up? Uh, hook what I'm reeling. And I'm like, no, well, I'll find something else that they might be biting on. I'm always trial and error. I love, that's part of the fun for me. I'm always gonna try something new, just in case, there's something out there that no one ever thought about that's why i'm like whenever I, I always have at least two poles i mean i'm constantly okay i'll cast this one 20 times i'm gonna i'll switch the other one and then i'll switch back and forth because in my mind i i had that fisherman syndrome like am i wasting time with this bait i know i'll be catching on that bait i want to try this new bait but i know if i switch to the worm i'll be landing on the and so I'm, i had that internal struggle that i can never get over Sometimes See, I, that can be bad when you're starting off, though. I mean, if you're just starting off fishing and you haven't gotten bites on different types of baits, then you don't know what you're looking for. Aaron, you're going to be changing because, oh, shit, there's no fish biting in this worm. In some cases, you're right, but in most cases, you're not. Um, you're just not fishing in the right area or something like that. You're not putting them in there. They're, 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 you're putting it in pressure. You're casting in pressure spots where there's no, like, uh, rock structure, grass structure, or anything. It's just a dead spot in the water, it may be. And that's most often that's the, the case. So if you don't know what you're doing, and re refer back to our last video when I said, Keep it simple. Get before you go out and spend hundreds of dollars in baits, and you got worms, flukes, swim baits, this and, and creatures, and all this, and you have all the hooks and stuff. Learn how to use one setup. The Texas rig will do so many different things, and you can go out and buy a fluke, a super fluke or zoom fluke, and fish that. Or a worm is the best because that's year round, and learn how to fish that worm. And there's paddle tail worms. There's curly tail worms. There's nest worms there's uh, sankos you if you learn a texas rig and you fished all four of those worms right there and you got proficient at it then like move on you know but, but at that point you're just gonna your tackle is going to expand over time based off of what you know and that's a good point i think here especially here in florida because that's my experience start with a worm and if you really want to transition and you guys probably you may disagree with me but i think the transition bait is a crankbait you got two trouble hooks on there. Um, I use these red crankbaits, and they just, they're, I use the smaller ones. You know, I got the big jabber jaw that came in the mystery tack box, never got anything off it. I use the smaller little red or uh, chrome crankbaits, and we've landed so many fish. I've caught more, like, I would try to go to a swim bait or, you know, a swivel bait or top water and lock out and just nothing. Switch to a crankbait, and boom, we're pulling them in. It's like, on my videos, a majority of our fish are caught off of worms and crankbaits. And so I think, at least in my experience, if you're a new guy and, and you're, you're having fun with worms, but you want to transition into the lure realm, maybe start with a crankbait before you go top water or something like that, because crankbaits will still fish down deep. You're still fishing underwater. And with that trouble hook, there's two of them on there. Chances are, if something hits it, you're going to snag it. But See, with that, that being said, make sure you have your pliers, get those damn trouble hooks out of your yeah. mouth. And real fast. And see, and I, I agree with that to a certain extent. You know, if you're going to start with soft plastics, in my opinion, stay with soft plastics because yeah. that's what you're familiar with. You know, if once you once you make that transition from soft plastics to hard baits, absolutely. I think crankbaits is where you should start at because it's a moving bait. It's something where you can fish anywhere from zero to four or six to eight or you know and all, all the way down to i think they go what 15 20 feet now some of the deep yeah, diving crankbaits yeah so you know that's definitely the good starter for hard baits in my opinion but you know going and transitioning from something that is weedless to something that has now has treble hooks on it mm -hmm. so you know people they're gonna get so pissed so quick because they're gonna be snagging every little i guess i should the say way. the caveat <laughs> 
I guess I should say the caveat is if you're fishing in the water via a boat or kayak. If yeah. you're seawall fishing or the yeah, fish is going to get snagged, but if you're in seven feet of water um, and you have the ability to cast it and get it three feet off the bank, so you're not getting, you'll you'll catch fish. And yeah, absolutely. I, I know that's a proper terminology, but I consider that dynamic fishing where I call using a worm more of a, a passive fishing because it's a slower retrieve. Mm -hmm. And it may be completely wrong, but to me, I just, I love the hit off of a moving bait. It's so, so damn fun. Or like when you're mm -hmm. throwing that crankbait in and they hit it as soon as it hits off the water, which will do the same thing for worms too. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the best, uh, I mean, this is my opinion. You guys say crank baits, jerk baits, whatever it may be, but I think the best transition if you're coming off a of soft plastic is jigs. And here's an explanation. You got four styles of jigs. You have uh, swim, you have, uh, oh, I'm forgetting one of them. You swim, football, and you got you have a couple of them now. But you have a couple of, you have four styles of jigs ultimately. And whether you're going to be swimming it, jigging it off the bottom, you're going to be having a mixed structure uh, between rock and grass, and you have all the trailers you're going to need from it with the soft plastics. So pretty much you, a jig is going to have a weighted tip, uh, maybe more than likely going to have a grass or weedless guard and a hook. Yeah, you're sacrificing the treble hook, um, but you got one solid, usually he uh, heavy wire hook on it with a skirt. And you, since you have all the plastics already, soft plastics, you should, as you've grown through your fishing career, you'll have trailers for it to add onto it. Maybe a swim bait or a, a jerk bait that may twitch, or, uh, depending if you're fishing the bottom of like rocks or, or through the grass swimming it. And then, like you said, you can fish different levels based off of what you're doing. They're relatively cheap if you're getting into. You don't need to get crankbaits. Some of your uh, spray bills can range up to about five dollars or plus. I've bought jigs a dollar fifty, dollar ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah, this is the one I, I get everything off. It's small. It's from Walmart. It retails for like two dollars. And I got this one in the mystery tackle box. This is the Jabber Jaw. You can see the size difference. Caught nothing on this guy. Caught nothing on this other large crankbait, but this small red one. Uh, this smaller guy, and then I have one I call the Volkswagen Beetle because it's all chrome. I just I kill on those three those three little ones, and we've caught in so many bass on there. Sadly, the only thing I've ever caught on a swim bait was a bottlenose turtle. <laughs> I've never caught yeah. a fish on a swim bait, and and I and I tell myself I've even said on my YouTube channel I don't feel like a bass fisherman because I've never caught anything on a swim bait other than the goddamn turtle. I kind of got my bass fisherman title when I finally caught two fish off of a top water that Guggen buzz baits. But by the by virtue of the fact I have yet to catch anything off a swim bait, uh, if I'm using the terminology correctly, um, I don't feel like a bass fisherman. <laughs> well, I am uh, I'm a power fisherman, as I've stated several times. And uh, one of the reasons why I consider this, and oh, I wanted to show you this, this is really cool. So if you ever get in soft baits, I'm gonna detour this for real, real quick. This is for crankbaits, this box. That is for crankbaits, jerkbaits, all these hard baits with treble hooks. Um, it, what it is shaped like is like a spade shovel in here, but, uh. um, all right. So it's these, these holes and it's double-sided. So you have one, one level here and then one level here. So it has room for your big spinner. But, um, I have some high-end baits that I buy. And if you put them in a normal bait box, like a Planko box or, or a Plano, Planko, Plano box, um, it has the dividers. Mm -hmm. And if you pack that full over time, your divider, where the divider lays, will leave an indent in your bait. These ah. have no dividers in it. Now, am I so, using the terminology? Is this a swim bait? That's a uh, spinner bait. Spinner bait. This is what I caught. Not this one, because the one I caught him on is still in his damn mouth. But I've never caught a fish on one of these. I've never caught a fish on one of these. Um, I'm going to get it. That's a jig right there, and that's a heavy jig. But I was just about to get into that. The reason why uh, I, 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 I fish swim baits because um, I can fish them multiple levels. I can make them look like they're dying fish and jig it up from the bottom. I can fish middle column. I can fish the top of the water. Uh, and no matter what I'm throwing it in, I can always power pull it out. Um, but... The, you, you're, I don't know how how much you've fished those uh, crankbaits, 
but right now, like I said earlier in the in the show, that it's spawning for a lot of smaller fish, and the, and the reason why you're catching them on those smaller baits versus those larger square bills is because that's the size of the fish that are out right there right now, and um, that's the size of them. It's like you know this is breeding season for it, so all the fish in that general area are going to be within a month of age. You know, so think think a little bit smaller, like your 2.75s and up yeah, to your 3.75s. I caught a, a two-pounder on that red one the other day. Mm -hmm. that so that's why I always jump down and and jump down to, uh, and I'll, I'll show examples, you know, and then the months coming, I'll be throwing this four-inch bait. But right now, I'm going to be throwing more of a two-inch, three-inch bait. You know, it may not be the size. I just pulled one out, you know, more, more color. The, I mean, the color, I mean, I just pulled one out. Um, but that's because that's the size of the fish. You, you can go out and ballsy and go out and throw this. Um, and again, we're talking summer months. They're lethargic. They're looking for easy meals. Sometimes, sometimes they'll go for this. More often than not, they're not. They're going to go for something that they can't get away. And that's that smaller fish. They're going to back them up in a corner. Uh, if they're going to go for something big, it's going to be something on the bottom of the water, and something that's not going to move fast, something that's not going to run, something that they're just going to gulp, gulp up. Um, so, I mean, think if you were lazy and out of breath. <laughs> exactly. So, like on my YouTube channel, I would go down the seawall with a top water, and I'm like, okay, they're being lazy. They they don't want fast food. They want Uber Eats, and then I'll switch to my worm and start pulling them out. So. And so, yeah, it's definitely a lazy season, and which is why I always take two rods. I have a worm on one and something else on the other, and I'll just try the fast one first, give it 15 minutes. If I get nothing, I just go to the worm. Yeah, this this is definitely the time for, you know, finesse fishing and, and uh, you know, really going out there and and just slowing down your entire game, you know. Springtime that's when they're really really active you know especially like march aprilish and you know they're really moving on those bigger baits and be, i mean they're hungry so i mean you know it's definitely getting into like the worms the bottom stuff stuff that you can just slowly jig up you know let it slowly sink you know that's it's definitely the time for that mm -hmm. hey, you know and we're going to dive in deeper as our shows go on onto season because we're really without hitting the core problem of everything we're kind of beating around the bush and we're telling you a general reason of why to fish certain things but season plays a big part of it you know and what what's you hear mash the hatch and you i mean not saying fish the exact color or anything like that you, you know a lot of it's reaction bait or reaction bite um but you got to know what's going on at what time of your year and as, as far away as the equator you are to as close to the equator you are, like we are here in Florida, um, seasons are going to react differently and the fish are going to react differently. And, that, and we can just, we can have multiple shows on how that affects the year, you know, mm -hmm. but I mean, some someone like me and, and Mike uh, or something when you're explaining oh I catch them on this and this and I'm like this is why you know but it's gonna dive into something else and this is a rabbit hole for another show but <laughs> <laughs> well we are going a little bit long here um we're pushing uh, a little over an hour now um D train as always I want to thank you for putting us on and and you know making us a part of digital 410 um we appreciate we're thrilled you. to have you guys um yeah. and one i'm stoked to have a podcast on the network that i don't have anything to do with with the exception of this one episode and it's always fun to be the guest because i don't have to build the, the traffic copy but <laughs> no i want to thank you guys so much for coming on the network and um bringing some variety and just to throw out a plug for your audience um head over to d-410.com obviously we have links to this podcast as well as the other three on the network and uh, head over to YouTube channel. I kind of mentioned earlier we're going to do a, a giveaway on Aspartagus um, when we get to 500. We're at 485 now. And you're saying, well, I have one out of 500 chance. That's not the way it works. My YouTube channel has been around for a while and it went dormant for a few years. And so, like, the first 300 people, kind of like on Facebook, if you don't interact with somebody's channel, their shit doesn't show up. And so, like, out of this 500, 300 of them don't even see my videos anymore. So what I want to do is when we hit the 500, I'm going to put up a video. 
and every, I'm gonna leave that video up for like a week, two weeks. Everybody who comments on that one video will have their name cut out, printed out, put in a hat. And I think we're gonna draw like four or five of them. And then we're gonna do a fishing competition style to figure out who the winner is. And so out of those 500 people, you probably have like a one in 50 chance to win. So, and I'm just gonna pick the winner and I'll just order on Amazon, have it shipped directly to your house. So you can choose if you want left-handed, right-handed or whatever. And so we're gonna do that at 500 and then hopefully get to a thousand. We'll do a, a, a different, a different, more higher up brand. But the key is we're trying to get to that thousand point because that's where everybody wants to be. And so if you wanna support the channel, which will in turn support the Digital 410 Network because we're trying to get monetized, basically the goal here. Uh, just go to youtube.com, type in Digital 410 and just look for the polls and paddle playlist and just uh, subscribe to Digital 410. And once we get that 500 marker, we'll put up the video and you'll have the opportunity to win yourself a uh, casking spar. And this is not like a casking promotion. I'll be buying the damn thing and sending it to you. It's just, that's what we use on our channel because as we said on this, it's affordable. You don't have to go out and drop a bunch of money. And so if I'm gonna give away something, I'm gonna give away something I, that I've used that I know that I can stand by and not just some random piece of equipment that I have no experience with. I hear you yeah, on that. Absolutely. Something that's used is better than not used and sponsored. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, again, we appreciate you coming on to our podcast this week. Um, if you guys want to check, check it out, out you Facebook. can go. Yeah, you can check us out at uh, pbbaits.d-410.com. You can also check us out on Facebook. It's pbbaits, and uh, we also have a group page on Facebook called Tackle Your Personal Best, which kind of coincides with this podcast. Uh, we post fishing uh, pictures, videos, memes, whatever you want to throw on there, questions. We have a lot of people on there that are, are very knowledgeable. Um, you can also check us out on YouTube, just P-V-B-A-I-T-Z. And uh, we'll see you guys hopefully maybe next week, maybe another two weeks from now. So thank you for tuning in and have a good night.